ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for What Do You Call It Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It Podcast. I'm your host, GB. Wrestling royalty is in the house because Singh is king. Today's guest is a British wrestling legend, wrestled for top promotions, including Progress, Defiant, IPW, and FWA. Today's guest is the Bollywood Dream, RJ Singh. How are you doing today, mate? I'm very well, thank you very much. It's great, uh, great to talk to you. Good, man. I appreciate you coming on. I've uh, been an admirer of your work uh, for many, many, many years. So I'm happy to have you on. I reached out to you and he's like, yeah, sure, man. I was like, yes. So that's, <laughs> so that's cool, man. That's all good. Uh, we've got Bank Holly around the corner. So I'm in a good mood as well. But to talk to you in the same time zone, can't complain, mate. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Um, before you become a pro wrestler, you were a fan like me. I just want to ask what made you a fan of wrestling in the first place? I mean, I, when I was a kid, I was, you know, I was into like cartoons, I was into superheroes, you know, He-Man, I mean, I was, I'm, I'm, a, I'm dating myself, uh, being a child of the 80s, obviously. Man, um, He-Man's awesome, so, no issues. That's it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I was always a fan of that kind of, you know, superhero kind of thing. And then kind of my earliest memory, I, I kind of have vague memories of World of Sport, not, not huge, you know, it's not huge. Mm. Um, so I have very vague memories of like Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks being on ITV, but I, you know I didn't remember watching it a lot. And then somewhere, sort of in the sort of late eighties or so, I remember my friend got like a WWF videotape and showed it to me. And I think I'm trying to think. I think the first match I ever saw like WWF was Haku versus the Ultimate Warrior or something like that. Nice. And like straight away, straight away, if like the Ultimate Warrior is the first wrestler you ever lay eyes on. Mm. like properly and paying attention to wrestling that was virtually like seeing a superhero like on screen that is like a, a live comic book come to yeah. life so as soon as i saw that i was like totally hooked on wrestling i was like this is awesome yeah. this is like real life superheroes you know this is just this is just amazing so that's kind of that's kind of what drew me in mm. i think straight away just just seeing that kind of thing and then like literally i think i, I kind of went from that to then seeing wcw and seeing sting and again, you've got you know, exactly the same yeah. thing. You've got this guy who just looks like a superhero. So I think those things combined is what really drew me into wrestling. And then kind of, you know, from that point, I got caught, caught up in the whole Hulkamania area um, and watching wrestling from that point, really. So uh, from, definitely from that point, you know, I was sucked in. Mm. You started off sort of in the early period of the, the, basically the golden era. Then you go straight to the boom period of the attitude era. Did you find yourself doing any face paint, by the way? Come on, be honest. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, what a face paint. I made, I made, uh, I made my mum do that loads of times. I was like, you know, like when, you, when, you, when you dress up in, like, your swimming trunks um, yeah. and, like, throw, what's it called, uh, a lounger chair cushion around. That was, that was always my opponent as a kid, a lounger chair. Of course, they're quite long, aren't they? They're, like, kind of long and kid-sized. So yeah. I, was always, I would always wrestle this, this lounge chair cushion. And yeah, like put my swimming trunks on and get my mum to like paint my face like the old warrior. I was like, nice. I got the old, um, I even made her like get me some like colour shoelaces and I tied them around my arms as well. So I <laughs> total ultimate warrior look. Like, I love I remember it. Having the, uh, and then I remember like one Christmas even asking for like the, 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 the toy uh, winged eagle belt because at the time the toy winged eagle belt, which was basically a shiny gold sticker mm. on a piece of plastic, 
it was the it was Warrior who was on the box as well. Like that's who they advertised it with on the box was on Warrior. And I remember asking for that one Christmas and getting it one Christmas, and it was like the best Christmas present, you know, for my favorite. Like do you know the thing, one of the best Christmas ever. They're worth so much now, those, those sort of things. Like, mm. even though they're probably, you know, not that expensive back then, but, like, if you've got them in box as well, I think a lot of it's to do with, like, you know, retro being cool again and sort of the Hasbros and, you know, re-releasing them in sort of the modern era. So, yeah. but, man, that's just making me smile. But, yeah. Like, Mine's my childhood. Like, if, you, if you look at them now, I mean, the quality of the toy belts, like, not even the replicas, if you look at the quality of the toy belts, I was in, mm. I was in Smith's Toys the other day. Um, I've got a three-year-old, so I wasn't just in Smith's toys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got a three-year-old, so I, take, <laughs> I took her in. Uh, but I was looking at all the replica, be- all the toy belts, and I was like, yeah. they're, so, they're so well made. Whereas, like, this one I had, this 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 WWF Winged Eagle, was, it was a sticker, a foil sticker on the plastic. But the problem is, because I would bend it around my waist, the sticker would start to peel and bubble. Yeah. And then eventually it ripped off. So it all just completely came off eventually. And I was just kind of left with this piece of plastic with like a windy <laughs> wall shape on it. It was just plain plastic. But so I bet it didn't stop you enjoyment though. I bet you still had fun oh, no, with no, <laughs> Oh, I, stu- I stuck up a start. I think I stuck like pennies on it and stuff like that to make it look like a belt. So I'm sure. Oh, no, I know. I no, no, seriously. I think actually what I did, I got silver gaffer tape, yeah. covered it in silver gaffer tape to make it like the plant. And then I stuck pennies all over it and wrote in like a whatever a sharpie was back then like some sort of marker pen you know yeah. like that and that's kind of recreated the you know a belt of my own so yeah. i've deplored you for that man honestly like who needs me peter <laughs> when you can just make your own belt with pennies and exactly <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> oh that's wicked man that's good so you basically had a good childhood very creative parenting mm-hmm. done right the face paint being done for you that's awesome, Absolutely. man. And then you would uh, eventually graduate the FW Academy. Uh, a lot of the older fans remember that being on the wrestling channel. Fuck me. We are going mm. back sometime. I remember that. Oh, man, I remember first seeing it. I was just, oh, I can watch it all day. And just new as well. <laughs> you know, it's just, oh, wow. Oh, British wrestling. I, this is a new, you know, a new audience. And it was just amazing. And you were involved in it. So mm. what I want to ask, because my first introduction to you, and I discovered, like, good couple of years ago that you was actually in the tag team double dragon and mm. <laughs> i'm sorry to mention it but you were sadly squashed by paul Burchill. <laughs> <laughs> yes but yes, I, very, it was the first ever so. fwa i ever saw and mate you wow. made him look like a million bucks <laughs> so i have to talk america sometimes because of the wrestlers i interview as well but of course, just of i just want to know how was that experience to start off with you know going uh, over this young talent i mean <laughs> yeah i mean it was great i mean i i mean i got to know i got to know paul really well through mm. coming through the fwa academy because paul was actually a special so anyone who's ever listened to a podcast i've been on might probably know i'm a primary school head teacher yeah um as well as being a wrestler i'm a, I'm a head teacher so i and i've been a teacher as long as i've been a wrestler so me and paul had a bit of a connection because paul Birchall, he was a special needs teacher Oh, really? And he worked in special needs school. So so backstage at shows, we'd be talking, you know, everyone would be off talking wrestling, we're off talking teaching and education and things like that. So uh, me and Paul always had a bit of a connection with each other through teaching and education. Yeah. And, I, I you know, I, I used to be down in Portsmouth regularly with the FW Academy shows. So we kind of knew each other quite well. We actually went down in advance to prep the match because we were still, you know, we were still quite green at that point. We were still in our very early kind of years of wrestling. So we went down to Portsmouth to work out that mm-hmm. match with Paul. And when we got there, we, we kind of laid out this match and did that. And then we had a couple of the people in charge of FWA Cameron to watch it. And they just went, no, that's rubbish. No, you have to rework this entire match. <laughs> We're like, okay, right. 
So this entire match, because obviously we've been left, we're three fairly inexperienced guys in comparison. So we've laid out this match and yeah. just basically said, no, it's not what we wanted. It's not what we're looking for. So we kind of worked as a team to restructure the match and put together what you eventually saw, um, uh, the match that we did at your call. So, you know, we, we kind of rehearsed it a couple of times that, that sort of call, it, we, you know, just like one day and then, we're at the uh, we're at the show. Was that Frontiers of Honor? Was it the Frontier? It was the yeah, Frontier. with uh, Johnny Storm and AJ Styles in the main event. Right. Yeah. Right. Johnny Storm, AJ Styles. There, CM Punk was there. Loki was there. I think Samoa Joe was like the who's who of wrestler pro wrestling was there. Yeah, man. Um, so that was kind of like daunting because you know obviously we knew who those guys were and like you know we knew they, they were mm-hmm. like the big American indie guys. Big crowd and, as well. Yeah, and you know, a huge crowd, like you know, and that was I've been at York Hall for a previous show. I think it was one of the British Uprising, so British Uprising shows that took place. Mm-hmm. I think British Uprising one had already taken place at York Hall, so we kind of knew what kind of you know how great these shows looked inside York Hall. And it is still one of my favourite venues. So to go out there at York Hall and put on this match, which we mm-hmm. knew was designed in its purpose to make Paul just look amazing, and, and I yeah. hope it did. And I think he did. I think you know that that was always going to be the aim of it. I think you know secured places for me and Raj because people knew from watch after that after that match was done it made Paul look like a star it kind of led on to what he then went on to do with the matches he did but, but it also, also showed, showed how good we, yeah the, how well good I think it showed we were reliable we could be trusted yeah. we could go in and do do as we were asked to do but you know we weren't letting people down we do exactly what we called of us and you know for that reason I think that really held us in good stead. So, you know, we came away feeling really positive because, it, you know, say the match did exactly what it meant to do. Mm. Nah, so I, was, I just remember it, man. Like, I just, I think I, I'm showing my age now. I think I had it on VHS. Like, just, <laughs> oh, I just wow. remember that show, man. I, was, I, I watched it over and over. It's just such a good show. Just Paul Birchall, just, he actually murdered you guys. But the fans just wanted more and more. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think, I'm just, I, I think it was the, um, it was the, everything was that, but everything was great except, if, from my distinct memory was the dive so he did that really amazing like run from corner to corner dive that was scary that was scary and yeah. he just dove out and I just remember his foot he's like he's got like a size size 13 foot anyway he's just remember this foot like bang straight <laughs> on the top of my head and just floored me and I was like the reason that dive looked amazing is because he literally just came crashing down on all four because it was me <laughs> large the Duke of Danger and Simmons, and he just landed on all four of us and splat, and that was it. So, but it looked, uh, you know, it was like, it looked, it looked tremendous. It's a real, like, highlight real moment when you see it back. Definitely, yeah. man. For um, anyone that's listened so that's, to this, yeah, hasn't great. seen it, I think it is on YouTube. Go watch it. Mm. FWA, mm. Double Dragon against Paul Birchall. Um, but it was an awesome moment. I may have skipped ahead a little bit, and it's something I've sort of been doing on the more recent episodes now, is talking about wrestlers' debuts. Uh, you made your debut, uh, a name we don't really hear about anymore, uh, Hayde Vanson. Mm. So I just want to ask, I actually want to go to, well, I want to ask first, what actually happened to him? Because he made like a, a random debut on SmackDown, cutting a promo, uh, and then mm. we never heard from him again. But someone that was in the ring with him, I mean, what actually happened? I've not heard anything since. No, well, I mean, Hayde, uh, Hayde was one of those insanely talented people, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, was like just so naturally gifted in, in pro wrestling. Um, he was charismatic. He was good looking. He was in good shape. Like he was such a, you know, a really well-rounded package. Uh, obviously signed with Florida Championship Wrestling back when that was the developmental mm. arm of WWE. You know, he was tra- he trained there for a couple of years or so and then got called up. And I think it's quite a famous story now, incident story, that apparently he was going into a feud with The Undertaker. Yeah, and into WrestleMania. They nixed, yeah. Vince, Vince nicked it, v- nixed it. And, you know, then he was he was kind of let go and that, that was kind of it. 
from what I'm aware from that point, I don't believe Hayde actually carried on in wrestling at that point. Um, mm. I know he has spent time as a photographer, uh, but he has spent time as an actor as well. Um, the most recent thing I can remember spotting him in, like, and it was one of those kind of like, did I just spot him there? If it was the, uh, you know, the, the, the Tom Cruise did a Mummy remake recently. Yeah, shit. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you go back and watch the trailer, if you go back and watch the trailer for that for that Mummy film, yeah, um, there's a scene right at the beginning in an aeroplane, and you see Tom Cruise, and then it just camera pans to two soldiers sitting opposite him. One he's of one those of soldiers is hey, he's one of the soldiers in that in, in that trailer. So I'm assuming he was probably in the final film. Nice. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's kind of it, and I believe he still does that. He still does that photography, and he still does you know acting and things like that. Yeah. So, oh man, um, that's uh, a bit of trivia there. I didn't know. I mean, the film is yeah. shit itself, but I'm gonna go back and watch the trailer. <laughs> I'm not watching. I'm not watching the film, but I want to no, see it. That's sorry. awesome, man. That's, um, that's it. basically go back to you. Sorry, but um, I want to ask: Did you have any your friends, or did you have any your family watching your debut? And also, how do you think it went? I didn't know. I didn't actually have any friends or family watching. I mean, I, I kind of, I say my friends, my friends were the, the people I trained with and like, yeah. so they were my friends at that point. Cause those the people I was hanging out with most, uh, you know, outside of wrestling as well. So, um, so obviously anyone, everyone who I trained with, they were, they were all there to watch it, which was really cool. Um, and supporting, but I didn't have any family there at the time. Um, and yeah, I wasn't very good. I was, I was pretty terrible actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and that's just that's just God's honest truth. I wasn't very good. I watched, you know, um, I mean, I watched it. I can't remember when I watched it back a while a while ago, but um, I didn't really, and I wasn't really taught about how to sell as a face or how to really be a face or anything like that. So it was it was like ten minutes of hate just pummeling me, and then I hit three moves, and then he beat me, and that was it. And it was a real and. What was interesting though is that I did that for two or three more matches until mm-hmm. uh, one of the FW Academy shows. Doug Williams came to uh, watch, and Doug just sat and watched all the matches, and he just pulled me aside and he said, like, we were, "And you know, we were told, like, I'll go see Doug for feedback. Like, make sure you go speak to Doug and get some feedback off Doug." And Doug just told me then he said, "All you do is die." He said, what? "He said no one's going to care about you. Like, no one's going to get behind you because you're just getting beaten up." You're mm. dying. You're not actually fighting back. You're not actually doing anything that people, you know, care about. So, and that was a real eye opener for me because no one had ever really said that to me outright. And said, this mm. is what you got to do. So it was a real, uh, you know, it was a, it was a real light bulb moment, if you will, that I understood. I was like, okay, right. So, if, you know, as a face, got to do that. So, you know, going back to that match with Hayd, Hayd looked amazing again. Hayd looked absolutely amazing because he hit all of his stuff and he looked great doing it. Whereas I was just kind of ragdolled around the ring till till the finish of the match. So. Um, so again, in essence, it kind of did its role in that it made Hayden look like yeah. a star. I'm very, I'm very good at making people look like stars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it made him look fantastic, which again was great, and it showed I was reliable. But yeah, it was a, it was a real learning opportunity. It was a real moment that I kind of took yeah. away and went right. Okay, I know, I know now what I need to go away and work on. That's cool, man, and it's really cool to see Doug back. I mean, like we are going to be talking about retirement later on, but um, mm. Doug himself, he retired and then came back. And we know what retirement's like from wrestling. But yeah, no, Doug, he's awesome, man. It's nice for him to pull you aside and give you mm. some advice where a lot of the old wrestlers may not do that. But yeah. I absolutely miss the FWA uh, on Wrestling Channel, by the way. But I was just going to ask, because we've talked about a few moments in FWA, but just to wrap up the FWA talk, what, what were some of your other favourite memories in Frontier? Um, I mean, Frontier is one of three. Uh, no, sorry, not Frontier. British Uprising 3, sorry, uh, mm-hmm. at the Coventry Sky Dome. 
absolutely probably the highlight of my entire time is uh, of being at FWA, which was the uh, did the next generation three way dance against Spud and Aviv Mayan. Again, you know that was the you know big big crowds, you know Coventry Sky Dome, big venue. Again, AJ Styles main eventing that show. So yeah, and you know being the opening match of that in this kind of you know high expectations three way three way match. And I think mm. you know, again I, I, I go back and it's one of my favourite matches still. Uh, wrestling, wrestling Spud, um, someone who I'd wrestled loads of times in, in you know my early career. WWE's Drake Maverick for anyone who's not uh, quite up to speed on their history. Um, <laughs> that was a real highlight. Being the first, the first FWA flyweight champion, that was also really cool. That was a really cool moment to be kind of the first ever FWA flyweight champion was kind of a real honour. Um, again, in the finals, I had the match in the finals with Spud. Wrestling my good friend Sticks in Morecambe as well. Anytime we wrestled in Morecambe at the Morecambe Dome, God rest its soul. Um, which is no longer exists, but what a great venue that was as well. So mm. I think you know all of that. All of those were really great memories to have. Nah, that's awesome, man. And I'm glad that you have mentioned Sticks because I'm gonna. I do want to talk about a memorable feud that you did have with him, and mm. you began appearing in Progress. What 2012, 2013, about that time, and in the yeah, early days of the company. To 14, yeah. This is when it sort of built its identity, and you were in such a heated feud where you retired after losing mm. a career versus career match against him at the Progress Show, Chapter 16, and you had a fucking fantastic entrance, by the way. It felt like like a WrestleMania entrance. It was amazing. Yeah. If anyone, this is a, was one of the times if you just pause and you've listened to this moment, go on YouTube, search it. I think it comes up. It's so awesome. <laughs> Honestly, man, you just said- Thank you. <laughs> um, it was so cool. It was, yeah, it was, it, I mean, that, that, that entrance was something we, I'd wanted to do for years. Ever since like doing the Bollywood character and stuff, I'd always wanted yeah. to do that kind of entrance, but you know, they never really found a company that could budget it or do it or give it any kind of justice. Mm. Um, so, you know, when we kind of got the opportunity to do it, I was, you know, jumped it wholeheartedly. I think if you like literally type like RJ Singh into YouTube, it's like one of the first things that come up in, like, mm. in your search. But definitely go check it out because it's, you know, I'm so glad it's there. Uh, it's awesome. It's so it's just, cool. It's, really, it's just so cool. It's like, yeah, it was. It's one of my. They're all know, standing again, as well, the fans. <laughs> oh, it was a phenomenal. It was a real phenomenal moment. So you know, it, it was that was a uh, yeah. It was it, that it, that is literally like one of the things like when I am finally done and dusted for good. Like it would be one of the things that will always stick with me is just the entrance mm. uh, on on that show. If you can basically talk us through the build up and the match itself, because we just talked about the amazing en the entrance, which loved it. But if you just basically talk in detail about the rivalry itself, because Sticks, who just mentioned you've you've known as a friend and as a, an opponent, and you know someone you've been on the road with. But I just want to hear about it, how it happened, and how did you feel about it at the end? Yeah, I mean, I think um, so. I'd, I'd kind of come to a junction at that point. Um, lots of personal reasons why I was like, I think I I will probably wrap up wrestling. Um, and I kind of announced that in 2013 and kind of said, oh, this will probably be my last year from like mm -hmm. 2013 into 14. Um, and even with some things that changed along the way, because obviously in between that and leading up to near the end of the TNA bootcamp thing came up as well. And so, um, but I was still kind of like, no, I'm going to go. But I like, uh, I, I didn't really call it a retirement. And I even, <laughs> I even went back and looked this up recently. I never called it a retirement, yeah. but it's one of those things that kind of got turned into a retirement. Um, I just kind of said at the time, I'm going to, I'm going to go away for a while and I don't know if I'll come back. So it wasn't the same as me saying I'm retiring. It's just saying I'm going to, I'm going to go away and, uh, I had lots going on personally. So I just thought, you know, it's, it's a good time to do it. Yeah. Um, so I went and spoke to progress and said, look, you know, I'd really, you know, I'd, I'd really like to have my last match, which I think will probably be my last match. I'd like to have it in progress. And I named three people. I thought, you know, it's, it, it's gotta be one of these three people. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, one of which was, 
um, uh, one of which was was Drake Maverick, but he had, he was signed with TNA at this point. By this point, he was in Impact TNA slash, um, and so he was overseas. It wasn't going to happen. Um, so I was like, well, it's got to be Sticks then. Like me and Sticks have been best friends for like you know ever since we began wrestling. You know, we were best men at each other's weddings. Like it's got it's got to be Sticks. That's, that's who it's got to be with. So. Um, and so, yeah, progress jumped wholeheartedly into that. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's build it up. We'll, we'll, we'll have this big, big, big argument at the end of this this, uh, this chapter, and then we'll roll it into the next chapter and have have the match at that that next chapter. So, and what was quite nice is that you know me and me and Sticks talked quite a lot about what was going to be said during that you know the heated promo. And we actually did another thing as well, which we did like a live YouTube thing, which hadn't yeah. been done before as well for progress. Yeah. We did the live YouTube thing and we talked through that and just kind of let it go. But you know we we kind of had a good chance to come together and talk about things and sort of, you know, said, are you happy with if I say this? And are you happy if I say, you know, we brought up some real life stuff. So like I, I brought up Sticks' divorce and stuff, you know, things like that, which was a real life thing that happened mm. to him. I mean, you know, he's happily married now, remarried, so it's fine. Um, so we were like, <laughs> is it cool if we, you know, should we throw this in? Should we throw that in? And, you know, sort of, you know, I think he said like, you know, I might chuck in, you know, you're, you, you get on shows because shows are trying to fulfill an ethnic stereotype and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So we were like, we really kind of went for it. It was some personal stuff that only best friends could get away with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To each other and, and still being friends at the end of it. So, yeah. And then kind of, you know, and it came, then we, you know, we came to the show day and, uh, and Sticks obviously played it out at the time. He played it out on social media like he could be retiring at the end of this as well. So, you know, we'd kind of built up that way. So it didn't just, because obviously it was a bit more obvious that it was me who was retiring or, you know, yeah. going away, however you want to call it. Um, Sticks kind of played his part and said, well, actually, you know, it could be me as well and et cetera, et cetera. And obviously, you know, in the meantime, it, what I think doing the, the whole TNA thing coming up was good because that kind of threw doubt on it slightly. Yeah. They were like, well, it can't be RJ. You know, RJ's just gone and re- done British Boot Camp too for a TNA. It's not going to be him. He's not, you know, so it was kind of, you know, left it open. So, and yeah, and so then we did, you know, we had the match at the show, uh, chapter 14, I think it was. And we had the match again, it was as probably, as that definitely goes down to one of my favorite matches ever. It was a very sort of, it was all mm. built on emotion. It was built on us knowing each other. Like, and built on, can't ask for a better venue or crowd either. Like, uh, there's oh, a ballroom exactly, in Camden. You know, yeah, absolutely. Super hot crowd who were totally into it, who were totally yeah. bought into the story um, as well. And, you know, it was what, you know, as as we record this, and this, you know, as we record this now, the, the, you know, CM Punk has just debuted on AEW on on Rampage, and that whole internet thing about the guy who's crying, they picture the guy crying in the crowd, mm. you know, and people saying, "No, it's great." People crying, and obviously, I'm, I, you know, I'm not saying this blowing my horn, but at the end of that match, people, there were people in tears at the end of our match uh, at Progress. I looked out into the crowd and I could see people in tears as well, and obviously, mm. I started welling up as well, and you know, and I just, and that for me is why it just you know it holds a real deep place in my heart because it was a match and that, that, that brought people to that kind of level of emotion and i think mm. if you can bring people to that kind of level of emotion then then, then you've absolutely nailed it on the head real men cry by the way honestly and absolutely. the wrestling like I, I love that emotion and i'm not saying everything has to be a shoot like vince russo style but a hint of realism in your feud but mm. as two good friends as well you know you can throw shade each other but have a beer afterwards or whatever and for you to have that motion, get the fans emotionally invested and get some teardrops and yourself mm. te- tearing up. That is wrestling, you know. Absolutely, that's it. Storytelling. And it's, it is a bit yes. of a lost art, in my opinion. But I'm only a fan, so, you know, <laughs> everyone is a variety. Everyone's different, you know. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, totally, that's, that's awesome. Totally. Progress itself is still going strong. 
they were active during the pandemic. But I want to ask, what's mm -hmm. some of your highlights of your progress career? Oh gosh, uh, so other highlights because that is that's probably going to be the main one that feud. But I mean, that's, other... I mean, yeah, that's I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, that was the main one. I think um, to be honest, I mean, you know, that 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 was one of them. Obviously, you know, some of the matches we had, you know, at the garage. I, you know, I really loved the garage before we moved to the ballroom. I really loved all yeah I, I really enjoyed all the matches I had at the garage I think you know that was mm. really good fun I loved the atmosphere of the garage that was really great the world cup show we did as well which was really awesome um and actually but I mean my entire commentary run I mean I was on I was on comms for quite a while for a good year mm. or so or if not more and I really enjoyed that the entire time I was doing commentary and obviously some of that stuff's ended up on the WWE network as well where my you know my voice is ended up on the WWE network doing commentary for you know, some progress matches and the chemistry I had with Glenn and with Callum as well, when me and Callum were partnered up as well. And sometimes we did it as a three-man team. Mm. And uh, the, the Ali, was it? No, not the Ali Pally show. What am I thinking? The Brixton Academy show. The commentary, that was one of my favourite commentary days, I think, that we did as a three-man team. And it was the, I think it was the first time we did it as a three-man team yeah. at the Brixton show. And that, that was super, that was awesome. Like, that was really, really awesome. We had a really good day doing that as well so you know as much as i loved the wrestling side of progress well i really did enjoy the commentary side as well oh that's sick man i am going to ask about because i know you do like um seminars and training and you've done managerial work as well we'll talk about that briefly in a moment but i actually want to go back on what you said about your tryout for impact festin british boot camp mm. season two yes. uh, the first one yes. was won by rockstar spud remember that uh he was a bit of a dick on the show but it worked got him over <laughs> and uh, another wrestler was on there as well what I mentioned but yeah no but then in season two you had like Grado <laughs> like the Buffet King just, I just remember it like it was on was it Challenge was that the channel Challenge uh, yes it was yeah it was a Challenge, challenge? Was I forgot Challenge was a thing yeah. is, it, is yes. this still on or am I just really just not in touch with anything I don't know I don't know <laughs> I really don't know I mean I used to watch it all the time because that's where that's where Impact was on wasn't it it's yeah like TNA was on Challenge yeah. so it's, you know, yeah. since it's moved now and, but I don't I don't actually know if Challenge is still a thing that's a good question do you know what? I've never done this before, but I'm going to have to Google it quickly and I'm going to keep recording because <laughs> it's going to bug me and I will forget later and then it'll bug me over the weekend. Uh, challenge does TV. Challenge TV still exist? <laughs> uh, apparently it does. Whoa. Oh, okay. First. okay. No. Challenge is a British free-to-air television channel owned by Sky and it's still mm. around. It's got a Facebook page. Oh, fair play. And it's not, none of it's past tense. Uh, the Chase is on later on if anyone wants to watch. Uh, it's on now but who cares anyway nice. <laughs> so it's really random let's challenge tv on right right get back to the podcast podcast uh, podcast I just, just completely botched that right so <laughs> get back to impact wrestling so the tryout so i just yes. want to ask how was that experience for you oh amazing uh, just amazing from start to finish mm. you know uh i was contacted sort of quite early on by jeremy borash and and spud I'll forever call him Spud. I'll never call him. I can't get used to calling him Drake Maverick. I used to call him Spud. Um, they contacted me quite early and said, you know, we're interested. You would really like you to be part of this. I'd actually met Jeremy Borish about a year or two before that um, at one of the Comic Cons that FWA did. Mm -hmm. um, so he kind of, he knew who I was already and you know, piecing it together. And I think, you know, it, it was just, it was, for me, it was a great experience because, mm. you know, um, it was my first time kind of working within a TV environment, um, wrestling within a TV environment with like a proper director or proper producers cameramen lighting people sound technicians you know watching a tv program being put together yeah for a wrestling show was 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 really awesome obviously i was in a mix with a really great bunch of really great bunch of wrestlers most of whom have really if you look at actually the season two 
look at the success that season two candidates have gone on to have. They're all pretty much heavily involved in wrestling and all in the company, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Dave Mastiff, Mark Andrews, uh, Kaylee Ray. Yeah, all of them hugely so pretty much just everyone Greater. except me. Um, <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> everyone except me. Everyone except me. That's really sad. Um, no, no. Um, got me and Challenge TV. There's a go. There's a go. No, I mean, but no, no. I mean, but you know, all incredibly deserving people. You know, you look at the list of that. Like say, Kaylee Ray, who has just gone on to NXT now from NXT UK to NXT. Um, Viper was in one of the early auditions, in the Scottish auditions, Viper, who didn't get picked up for the, the finals, but he obviously now is on Raw. Yeah. Um, as well, so, which was, which was, you know, which is amazing. Was that on um, TV? I can't remember that Viper being... Yeah, yeah, so she was, yeah, she was one of the, she was one of the tryouts during the Scottish round when they were in Scottland. So, yeah, so she, and she didn't get picked to come, to come through. Yeah. Uh, but she's obviously gone on to huge success, you know, in Japan and then, you know, NXT UK and now on to to, to, to the Monday Night Raw, which has been awesome. You know, Noam Dahl was in there as well. Um, like you say, uh, Dave Mastiff, Rampage, all those guys as well. So, you know, there's a great there's a great crew of people mm. who are involved in that as well. And yeah, and everyone just wanted to do, the, do their absolute best, even though it's kind of one of those things where you're, in, you're actually in competition with each other. You still all had to kind of work together and come together, and you mm. know it was it was a great shared experience. And then you know, we, so we did we did the we did, we did the York Hall show. Uh, so on the Friday, it was on the Friday night. I did my kind of round on the Friday night. Was moved through to the Saturday finals, which was the London finals, and recorded that on the Saturday, which was obviously phenomenal. Um, and then you know what was great is as opposed to my debut match in which I didn't have any you know very many family and friends I invited all my family and friends <laughs> to, the, uh, to, to to York Hall for the London finals of British boot camp so yeah. I, I brought everybody I was like you know I brought as many people as I could so I had a really good like backing when I got there cheer Fantastic. me cheer me um, exactly this is great you know so I'd love, I, I mean like my wife was there her parents came and her aunt and uncle came as well yeah load of school friends as well it was it was, it was brilliant I had so much support which was which was really awesome. Um, I didn't make it through. Obviously, didn't go through um, from from that round. That was where I kind of finished. But you know, I was just really upbeat. And you know, at the end, Gal Kim was like, "You're really upbeat for someone who's just been eliminated." And I was like, are "You kidding me?" I was like, "I just got to do this super awesome mm. show at your call in front of my friends and family, and you've just paid me for it." <laughs> like, you know, what's what's? Oh, you guys got paid for it? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, so really? you know what's not what's not to yeah, love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet, Joe, Al Snow, and Gail Kim at the judges. Like, <laughs> absolutely. You know, great feedback from them. Like, some really useful pointers from them, which is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not going to disclose how much I got paid, but it was one of the best paydays I've ever <laughs> had in wrestling. So you know, <laughs> just, yeah. you know, yeah, I had no, I had no reason to go. And then I got on TV. You know, I was, I was featured on TV for a couple of weeks. So. Mm. You know, it was it was great. So that was you know, and it also led to me being on Wrestle Talk TV quite a lot. So I was on, yeah. I was, you know, around that time, I featured on about four, three, four different episodes of Wrestle Talk TV as well. So yeah. you know, I was getting my face on TV. It was it was a good time. Yeah, sweet man. Fun fact: yeah. I had an interview at Wrestle Talk. Uh, went no, in for a then I went for sort of a work experience day after. And then they went out of business, like, <laughs> like few months. I was like, great. <laughs> but, you know, it's Do you know what, man? I was really gutted. Um, Chris Travis, the first time I've ever mentioned him in the show, but he was, unfortunately, the rest of the world lost him. But if he got through, and I was just so gutted. And then, you know, and sadly, sadly passed away. I mean, do you have any sort of good memories uh, with Chris Travis? Oh God, yeah, I mean, we came up, we, we came up together, like, yeah. at the same time. So, like, when me and Sticks first, 
started wrestling, we actually kind of broke out in the Midlands scene rather than the London scene, even though we're both kind of, you know, I'm from Hertfordshire, which is, you know, just on the north of London. Uh, mm. Sticks with Sticks comes from Binchley. Um, but there wasn't, we didn't, we weren't really getting a lot of wrestling gigs in London. So we, we were getting more in sort of around Nottingham and that kind of area. Uh, and that's how we met all those guys like Chris Travis and various others from that, from that kind of area. Yeah. Um, and so I knew Travis for years and years and years. So, and we always, you know, we, we message, used to message each other all the time. He, he, I was, I'm going to try not well up talking about this, but he used to message me and sort of say, you were like, you and Sticks were like the first guys who I ever met outside of my own group of wrestlers. And you guys had like proper wrestling attire and you, you were my hero, man. I thought you were the coolest like guy and stuff like that. And I was like, honestly, it's, it's the most, I think it's like, it's the greatest honour I've ever been given, I think, by anyone to have Chris Travis yeah. tell me I was his hero. <laughs> so it was great. And I just, I remember though, he was he, he started getting poorly at that time and none of us actually realised that him feeling ill around the yeah. time of British Boot Camp 2 was actually what 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 was, you know, the development of, of the cancer. So, but it's 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 gutting. It's gutting that he, he, he didn't go forward. It's gutting he's not around with us today because I think he yeah. would have, he'd easily be one of the top stars on, you know, on NXT UK for sure if, if not NXT and beyond. So it was a, yeah, but I'll always have all those. I still have his messages though, through like my text, through text messages and social media. It's, it's ones I've never deleted. So, yeah. you know, like I don't know, every year I go and delete text messages to clear memory off my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right at the bottom. I've always just got Chris Travis right at the bottom because like those are the sort of last text messages we share. So I, I, I'm not sure I'll ever delete them off my phone. So. No, I absolutely respect that, man. Like, it's, I sort of just start, you know, I wanted to mention it because British Boot Camp, and I was, and then like, oh, he's gone through, but then, you know, then it, find, then it comes out, and then, you know, and mm. obviously he was just a big part of the British wrestling scene and how it involves. So, you know, it's good that you have great memories of him and, you know, the rest absolutely. of the world lost him, fortunately. Um, mm. But he'll never be forgotten. So, you did a match against Flash Morgan Webster for Defiant Wrestling. Defiant Wrestling uh, were quite big. I think it was. No, that was after what culture wrestling, wasn't it? Defiant, they were originally. Yeah, it was still it was still what culture when we did the match. Oh, so really? Me and Flash wrestled. Oh, yeah, okay. they were still. Okay. Yeah, they were still WCPW when me and Flash had the match there yeah. World Cup, and it became Defiant not that long after. I think it was. It was. It was not too long after that that it became Defiant. So, uh, oh, no, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, because it was the WCPW World Cup. I think it was called or the World World Cup tournament something like that. So. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. oh, my bad. <laughs> Terrible host. Um, I, was just ask, <laughs> I was just gonna ask, what was you know, your memories of working for them? Yeah, that was great. I mean, it was the, it was the only time I worked for them, um, but it was great. It was great mm. to be brought in to, to to be part of that um, as well. They gave me a you know a nice build up on their YouTube channel, and it was really great going up there again. You know, really good energy, really good, really good locker room. I really enjoyed that. Like, I spent the evening. I was quite fortunate actually. I just I spent the evening just talking to. Uh, talking to Jörn Simmons from Germany, just chatting backstage to him for ages, and um, War Machine, as they were known at the time as well, the Viking Raiders, when they were over here, because like, they were over here a lot around that time. Yeah. Uh, and just chatting, chatting getting, getting to know them, and they were two really, really awesome guys, uh, really cool to talk to. Um, so, yeah, it was a really, really cool, really cool backstage, really cool venue, uh, and great tied out like a baby face and just got booed and, like, <laughs> and they, were, they were they were like they were proper into flash like you know they were really into flash at that time and uh you know it was really funny because like i kind of came out as a face i just started getting a load of heat so i'm like okay fair enough so it's 
So, and uh, yeah, me and Flesh had a lot of fun. But we had a lot of fun. We had, you know, we had a great time wrestling each mm. other. It was, it was really, really good fun. It was, uh, it was a As you have wrestled, like, for 20 years in the um, British wrestling scene, like, you know the fans can be dicks sometimes. <laughs> 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 I, I'm quite guilty of it, to be honest. I can, I can be. I honest. didn't want to say. I didn't want to say, but, you know. <laughs> Just, the head shake was an acknowledgement of that. Um, one thing I, I came across, and I want to double check if it's not just a gimmick, because I couldn't find anything on it. And I want to ask, because I'm a massive film goer. I'm a film nerd, right? Mm. Did you do a Bollywood film? And it's called Happy Birthday. You uh, did a cameo? <laughs> no. No. I, okay. <laughs> I, I may have, may have tweeted that out or, or put it on social media as a bit of a lie to sell the character. So I had just started the character. Yeah. And so I was like, how can I make this just a bit more convincing? And I was like, I know what I'll do. So I kind of just Googled a Bollywood film and I was yeah. like, this came up and I was like, I was like, I was like, no one's ever going to look this up. No one's ever really going to check. So I kind of <laughs> just put it out there. But what it was, the reason I did it is because that kind of became the basis of the Bollywood character. Yeah, the basis yeah. of the Bollywood character was that I was this ever so slightly delusional, you know, this guy has just gone off, he's gone to India, he's done one walk-on part in a Bollywood film, and he's now come back <laughs> to the UK, considering himself this huge Bollywood star. And that kind of was yeah. the crux of the character, really. The, that That's what the character was based on, this, this slightly delusional, hugely egocentric person. And so when I first did the Bollywood character, that's, that's basically what the character was. So yeah, it was a huge fib, um, which kind of I used just to just to propel and kind of get the character introduced. Really, that was that was kind of the aim behind it. I love it. I love it. I actually looked on I'm uh, DB by the way. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's where I looked as well. That's where I looked for the name. I was just like, right, let's find one. I think that's why I asked instead of So you appeared in this film. You, to be honest, you might you should have gone with it. You could have literally pulled me over because I'm a bit absolutely. Of yeah lots of people believe me lots of people lots of wrestlers ask me and they're like yeah, really been on? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Oh, if man. you believed but i'm like but if you guys believed i did the crowd are gonna believe i did and they believed i did so you know there you Brilliant, go. man i love it i love smoking mirrors smoking mirrors, <laughs> smoking mirrors. Oh, sweet, or shadows man. and lies as my friend said as we are coming to an uh, end to this fun interview Normally, I'd say, all right, what's your favorite match? But I think we've been talking about a lot of your career highlights. So what I will ask is, because you've done commentary, managerial work, but at, and obviously with the coaching as well, with seminar, seminars, yeah. try that word again. So where mm -hmm. you teach and provide advice for the up-and-coming wrestlers, uh, what's been some of the best advice you've been given in your career? I think it is that um, it's uh, some of the best advice I ever given was, first of all, it was like, shut your mouth and open your ears, which is actually quite beneficial early on. Like, actually listen to what you're being told. And I think wrestling, because re wrestling is a very egocentric profession. Yeah. Um, and people are very, wrestlers tend to be quite thin-skinned people. And that, that, I'm, I'm putting my hand up to that as well. We, I think we find taking criticism quite hard. Mm. Um, and what I, mean by, what I mean by shut your mouth and open your ears is not don't ever say anything or don't ever answer back or don't ever have a voice. What that means is just actually listen to what people are telling you when you are being given advice. Yeah. And, you know, don't just sit there and nod your head, actually go away and digest it and really think about what that advice means and why you're being given that advice. And, yeah. you know, I think it's frustrating. I, and I find that frustrating when I'm sometimes asked for advice and I give my opinion and say, and I always back it with, and I always, I always 
disclaim with, look, I'm just letting you know this is my opinion. I might not mm. be right, but I'm telling you what I think. And if you want my advice, this is what I think. And then people just ignore it. I'm like, well, why did you bother asking me in the first place? If you were just going to ignore me completely, why did you bother asking? So yeah. at least go away and digest and weigh up advice you are given. And no, you're, you know, the advice you are sometimes given may not be in your best interest. It may not even be the right advice. But if you at least go away and critically analyze what you're being told, mm-hmm. that it's, a, it's a real starting point. And I think that that's something, you know, I would say to anyone who's getting in, just go away and listen. That I think re-watching a piece of advice of just re-watching your own stuff is um, re again re-watch your own stuff with a critical eye yeah go back and watch it detach yourself and just go watch it with a critical eye and 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 and, and really really you know break apart what you're doing and watch what you're doing and again take feedback you know and go ask for feedback i mean i mm. i get asked for feedback all the time and i st- i'm more than happy to give it because I think you know, it's the only way to improve is to be given some really straight, honest feedback. And even if you don't like what you're hearing, you don't like being told, actually, no, I'm sorry, your dropkick looks rubbish. You have to hear it. You know, yeah. you can't get better unless you, you identify your, your what you know, if you, you know your strengths and you identify your weaknesses and you work on those. It's the only way you're going to improve. Ah, sweet, man. I like that. I mean, not even just from like a wrestling point of view, but just in general, really, man. Like, just, just in the workplace. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. without being yeah. cheesy, that is generally just yeah. how life is. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, um, but no, I like that, to be fair. Um, we talked about York Hall and you talked about Coventry as well, sort of uh, a really good venue that you've been involved in. But I want to ask you, as we are officially now coming to the end, what have been some of your favorite places that you have wrestled in? Uh, venues. Um, I mean, aside venues and locations. I think, you know, I think my my absolute favourite, especially in the last couple of years, is the the Mecca in Swindon, um, mm. where I found a bit of a home, a home away from home there with, with 4FW. And the Mecca in Swindon is just a, such a beautiful venue. It's just so nice. Everything about the venue is gorgeous. And production 4FW puts into it has, has been brilliant. And like sort of the level of talent that 4FW have had come through its doors um, in the last, I mean, I've been involved since 2015 with them. So in the last, you know, six years or so. It's been amazing. So that's, you know, that is hands down absolutely one of my favourites that I think I've ever wrestled at. Um, we did um, not really a kind of a wrestling show, as it were, but we did, um, well, it was a wrestling show. It's uh, for Lucha Britannia. Um, I really, you know, we, I wrestled at the Resgal quite a few times for Lucha Britannia, but we also did uh, Leeds and Reading festivals and we did Download Festival a couple of times. And nice. those were just phenomenal. Those were just amazing experiences. Yeah. Kind of, and this was, this was like, this is like 2008 I'm talking about. So sort of years before NXT went over to, went over to, to download and stuff like that. And they, you know, cause we were talking thousands, thousands of people coming into the after show tents uh, to watch the wrestling show and the cabaret shows that went on there. So wrestling there was, was, was a totally amazing experience. What's so. been amazing, but quite difficult as well. Like basically pissed rockers. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, pro- do you know what? Kind of easier than you'd expect, actually, in lots really? of ways. Because they, because they're, they're all a bit drunk, but they've all come just to have fun. Like they're not, they're not a smart fan. They're not smart fans. They're, mm. they're people who've just come to be entertained. Like they've just watched Metallica and they're just up for a good time. Yeah. Like, the style of wrestling we, we were doing was just making them cheer for wackiness. And you know, obviously it's Lucha Britannia, so we're all colourful characters and we're all, mar- we're all got masks on and things like that. So you just, you know, you didn't have to do a great deal to get a big reaction out of them so it was you know it was uh it was actually a lot easier than you think so and it was really just like i said just really good fun crowd really into it so it was, it was good time yeah that's sick man i love that i didn't actually know that that they did wrestling shows uh before nxt was doing them so that's pretty cool i think i've 
think I've learned some new stuff actually during the show. Mm. That's been sick, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, the last question. What's the worst injury you suffered in wrestling? I was going to ask something boring, like what's your favourite match, but something different. I'm I'm actually quite lucky. I haven't really ever suffered anything too bad. I mean, more so more so in the last few years as I've gotten a bit older. I'm in a 40 now. So, you know, my 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 joints and my 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 achy bits ache and a lot more than they used to. Mm. Um I had I've had some like I had a shoulder injury once, which was pretty bad. I've got a bit of a dodgy hip now. My hip sort of gives me a lot of a lot of trouble. But I think probably the worst thing I've been concussed, I would say twice now. I've been concussed, but without realising I was concussed, I think I didn't actually recognise because I'd never been concussed. I had no kind of idea that's what it actually was until I read up on it. But I did a show, it was about three years ago, mm. and I got a kick to the back of the head. And I sat backstage and I was, I mean, I, I can remember, it's not, it's not one of those things where, like, I know lots of people sort of talk about being concussed and they don't remember finishing matches and things like that. I kind of remember everything from that point. But I just remember my vision was like that. It was um, it was like putting my my hands across my eyes and like looking into a tunnel, mm. and everything around the edges was really fuzzy. And then I and I just had this headache that just went on, and it, that was like on a, I think that was on a Saturday. I was really rough on the Sunday, and I was still feeling so rough. I couldn't go into work on the Monday, and so I was like, "Why do I still feel so terrible?" And I, I googled all the symptoms, and I was like, "That's a concussion." Was That's like, horrible. That is a, that is a, <laughs> That is a minor concussion, yeah. And I, I just had, I had no idea what that was. So mm. um, that's probably about the worst I've ever experienced, which is, you know, not bad for you know twenty odd years. But uh, yeah, you're, at, you're, quite, I, you're quite, you're quite mate. <laughs> at least I recognise the symptoms now, so that's uh, yeah. yeah, that's something. Nah, awesome, man, awesome. Mm. I want to thank you for coming on today, but I want you to tell the listeners and the audience out there where can they find you on social media. If looking for me on social media for my Twitter is RJ Singh is King and uh, Instagram as well, uh, which is sort of the reverse of that. It's King RJ Singh on Instagram because some 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 person has RJ Singh is King and doesn't post anything or has never posted anything. <laughs> and they're just they're just holding on to the username. So, yeah. See you next Tuesday. They are. See you next Tuesday. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Man. I'm going to put the details in the description as I do for all my amazing. Guys because I'm a nice person and I like to make everyone happy. But it's been an awesome show. I really enjoyed that. And uh, I'm happy I got to talk about Double Dragon and Paul Bradshaw. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, As a special announcement for the show, as we are coming to the end, I will be appearing on BBC Essex next Wednesday, 8 o'clock. Please check it out. We're talking about the podcast. Even though it's only been around less than a year, it has generated some success and an audience. I can't thank you guys enough, even including you, RJ Singh, for coming on. So I normally, I never talk about myself really, but I want to announce it as we are wrapping up. There's going to be more episodes of What You Call It podcast coming out next week. But for now, especially those in the UK, have a fantastic bank holiday weekend. The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com.